to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Alrighty, good morning. Hello to my lovely ladies and gents of Pacific Northwest and across the world and nation, Mexico, Belgium, Canada. Sue Lundquist here, your gracious, loving host. Benny, hi, love. How are you? You can say Catch hi. it up. I know you're busy. You've got a lot of stuff going on. It's Storm and Norman out there. Can I say Storm and Norman? Sure, why not? Storm and Norman. I personally love the wind. I love it, love it, love it. All right, we got an awesome show today. You are tuning in because it's a new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. It's a new you. Bam! All right, I think I must have had my Wheaties today or something. I'm just all juiced up and excited. We have an incredible guest. I, You know, guys, I say that all the time because I have incredible guests and that kind of sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but I am because I can and I love the people that I bring on. But today... Lynn McTaggart, author of The Intention Experience, her or experiment, excuse me, The Power of Eight is her next book. She is a big time um, New York best time seller, and we are going to get to her in just a few minutes. But before we do that, um, I want to do my due diligence, talk to you guys. We have the survey going on. If you could go to 1150 KKW, um, I, of course, I would love for you to vote for the Gratitude Cafe. But guys, listen, this is this is your call to action. We This is where we listen to what your wants, needs, desires, all that kind of stuff. Now, I, I have also had some um, people come back and say, man, Sue, I really don't want to give them my personal information. At the end of your um, survey, you don't have to do that. It's an option. However, you can put yourself in a drawing. Is What's the restaurant, Benny? Do you remember? There's like a $200. Melting pot. Melting pot. It's a $200 melting pot um, gift certificate. So please share your thoughts and have a chance to win the prize simply by taking the survey. 1150kknw.com. Please, we want to hear from you. And of course, vote for Gratitude Cafe because... You love me. I mean, you can love everybody else, but I I would really appreciate your vote. So please, again, go and do the survey, 1150kknw.com. Literally, the banner is right on top. All right, before we get started and before we bring um, Lynn McTaggart on, I want to remind all of you, next week is the first Tuesday of the month. What does that mean? That means that myself and Nadine will be here taking calls. And remember, we have that little special person in the studio Erin Alexander, who is going to be taking calls. So she's going to love on you as well. So remember next week, get your fingers a dial in our phone numbers. And we're going to do live readings and spiritual coaching, all kind of good, juicy stuff next Tuesday. Again, remember, it's the first Tuesday of every month. So I've covered a couple of things. I want to make sure you guys do the survey. Please do that, the listener survey. You do not have to add your personal information. I just want to make sure that's very clear. So before we get started... 
Um, I have another Superman that I have to talk about, and that's, of course, Josh Parkinson. Um, Josh Parkinson with Resonate Brand. Resonate helps you build beautiful, mobile-friendly websites, but more importantly, they help you build a web strategy that helps your business attract new customers, grow a following, and get higher in the search listings. And if you want to create an online course or membership that sells automatically without you lifting a finger, they can help you build and sell that too. Contact Resonate Web Leadership for a free consult to see what options they have for you. Please go to www.resonateweb.agency. And that's, again, there's another call to action. I have vetted this gentleman. He works for me. I, I have personally worked with Josh, and he's incredible. Of course, if I had a lot more money, I would have a lot more action going on on my website and stuff that I could be doing. But he does an incredible job, and he's here to help you, educate you, and make things uh, rock and roll and, and happen for you. I'm trying to remember what's the date. Is the date next? Is it next? Oh, I was thinking next Tuesday is not the first of the month. That's not when Nadine and I are going to be on. It's going to be a couple weeks. Next week is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've completely confused all of you because I am confused. I'm totally apologizing for that. I just wanted to remind all of you that the first Tuesday of every month, it's call-in shows for myself and Nadine. Um, But next week, we have Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I'm super excited, of course, to bring him on. Uh, You know that he's got workshops across the world. Going into 2018, he's doing the week-long workshops that I highly recommend. But you'll hear a lot more on the interview, uh, not only about his new book, but you'll also hear about the online courses, um, how much he has changed or helped to transform people's lives and by doing that, he's he's offering practical tools, meditation tools, which I that's that I jones over that stuff. I need something that's practical. I need something that I can soak my teeth into, and um, Dr. Joe Dispenza can help you do that. So, www.drjoedispenza.com for more information. So, we are going to talk to Lynn McTaggart and uh, her latest book, The Power of Eight: Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others your life, and the world. And let me tell you about Lynn McTaggart. She, and this I'm going to tell you from Deepak Chopra, an extraordinary advance in our understanding of consciousness as a field of all possibilities where intention orchestrates its own fulfillment. Oh, that sounds so juicy. To empower yourself and to use the laws of intention to manifest your material reality, you've got to read this book. That is from Deepak Chopra. Now let's go to Barbara from our Barbara Marks Hubbard. She's a president found, foundation for conscious evolution. Every now and then a person taps into the zest. Oh, I may have butchered that. I might need help with that, but we're going to get her on the phone. I might need your help with that <laughs> of an age, the evolutionary edge of human consciousness and understanding the intention experiment you guys have got to see this. Lynn McTaggart, author of The Intention Experiment, The Power of Eight, Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others and Your Life. She talks extensively with Greg Braden and Dr. Joe, so of course I thought it would be important to bring her on. And let me give you um, the formal introduction, and then we will go from there. In The Power of Eight, Lynn McTaggart, an expert on the science of spirituality who has been dubbed the Malcolm Gladwell of New Science by best-selling author Jack Canfield, reveals her remarkable findings from 10 years of experiments designed to discover how group intention can heal our lives and change the world for the better. 
When individuals in a group focus their intention together on a single target, a powerful collective dynamic emerges that can heal longstanding conditions, mend fractured relationships, reduce violence, and even rekindle a sense of purpose in one's life. I absolutely second that, and I love how that's written. I, you know what? I, I want to be able to write like this. It's just so beautiful. But the greatest discovery in McTaggart's experiment is that group intention has a reciprocal mirror effect, not only transforming the recipient, but also reflecting back on the sender. Now, this is where the journey begins, you guys. This is really cool. In addition to Chronicle, McTaggart's own journey to make sense of the many miracles she has witnessed, the Power of Eight delves into the larger context of the science behind the phenomenon which is yummy for me because I love that science, drawing on esoteric and historical religion practices and exploring studies of prayer and altruism. She also recounts the findings of a major independent university study explaining why sending altruistic thoughts of healing in a group setting is a fast track to the miraculous. Without further ado, I'm going to bring Miss Lynn on. Thank you for coming and joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Betty. <laughs> it's all beautiful and wonderful. How are you this fine morning? I am great. Thank you very much. Now, wait a minute. It's across the pond. Are you morning or are you evening? We're, we're... Oh, no. We're 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Okay. So it's almost tea time or something, right? You betcha. Ah, well, let's sit <laughs> back and have a conversation I have done the formal introduction. I would love for you to uh, talk to the audience, tell them about your background, a little bit about yourself, and then let's jump into the power of eight, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, my background is as an investigative reporter. Um, I started out life um, trying to break baby selling rings. Um, I would, you know, I, and I did actually, that was my first book, um, walking around with, you know, hidden microphones and tape recorders. Um, and I segued into health, um, and started writing about what works and what doesn't work in alternative and conventional medicine, um, which became a newsletter and now an international magazine that I own and run with my husband called What Doctors Don't Tell You. And it was in the course of that work that I kept coming across really interesting studies of spiritual healing. And I kept thinking to myself, wait a minute, you can have a thought and send it to someone else and make them better. That in itself undermines everything we think about how the world works. So I wanted to find out, well, how far can we take this? And I started doing a lot of investigating into this and talked to a lot of frontier scientists and found that many of them are really on the verge of a completely new understanding of how the world works and how we work. Um, And I wrote that up in a book called The Field. But there was one thing nagging at me, which is this whole idea that thoughts are an actual something with the capacity to change physical matter. And there's been, you know, there were books like The Secret and movies like The Secret coming out and a lot of stuff about the law of attraction, and I kept thinking, well, you know, what can you do with this? You know, are we talking about just changing quantum particles, or are we talking about curing cancer here? Yes. And also, what happens when lots of people are thinking the same thought at the same time? So I decided to test this 
you know, put this to the ultimate test by inviting my readers every so often. And I've, my books are in 30 languages, so I've got readers around the world. And uh, working with one of the scientists I know of at a prestigious university, working on consciousness research. And I thought, every so often we'll set up an actual study to see how we can, you know, whether our thoughts can affect it. So I did this, and we created essentially the largest global laboratory in the world. So we've run 30 of these things so far, and 26 have shown measurable, positive, significant effects. Uh, There's no drug out there that's got that kind of track record. And we're talking about everything from very subtle um, influences on on, uh, certain processes of a leaf to making plants grow faster, to purifying water, changing pH of water, to lowering violence in war-torn areas, to even healing someone of PTSD. Oh, boy, you just hit a chord with me with PS, PSTD, or I can't even say it correctly. PT. PT, yeah, PST. thank you. PTSD, <laughs> i got to be careful it. how that goes, right? Benny's looking at me going, <laughs> shaking your head. Yep, all right, here we go. Yes, I absolutely see you're talking my language, Lynn. Absolutely, I believe in the power of the intention and power of group. Can you... Uh, let's talk about, I mean, obviously I'm kind of jumping right into the book here, but I would love to talk about um, the mental trespassers that you speak to in your book. Can we talk about that? Sure. I mean, what what I discovered is that actually thoughts are leaking out of us all, all the time. You know, we think of ourselves as having, you know, our thoughts locked inside our skulls, or those of us who are interested in consciousness oftentimes think of intention as the power thought. You know, we have our power thought in the morning uh, with our meditation. We send that out to the universe, and that's the only thing the universe hears. But the science shows us that thoughts are not locked inside our heads, that we are leaking 24-7. And, you know, that really, think about it. Think about how many power, uh, you know, positive thoughts you've got. What are the judgments you're holding? You know, what is the negativity streaming out of you all the time? And, you know, essentially that, every last mendacious thought you have, that compounds to become your life's intention. Now, for us, what we discovered in our intention experiments was that we can create a psychic Internet no matter how far away we are. I mean, one of the studies that I did with... um, Dr. Gary Schwartz from the University of Arizona and his team involved trying to make plants grow faster. And we set up four sets of seeds. Uh, uh, The scientists photographed the seeds, gave them, sent them to me. And wherever I was in the world, if I was speaking in front of an audience, I would run this experiment. And I would ask the audience to choose one set of seeds. We'd do that. I'd tell the scientists we were done, but I wouldn't tell them which seeds we were intending for. They would plant all four sets of seeds and measure them five days later. And only when they were done would I unblind the study and tell them which seeds we sent attention to. Now, think about it. The first time I ran this, and by the way, we ran it six times wherever I was, and the seed sent attention always grew higher than the con- controls. But one of the ones was really quite a remarkable because I was in Sydney, Australia. We were sending intention to seeds sitting in a lab in Tucson, Arizona, 8,000 miles away, and we had an effect. Plus, we weren't sending intention to the seeds themselves, if you think about it. We were sending intention to just a photographic representation of the seeds. 
And so that demonstrated to me and the scientists that we create a kind of psychic Internet that can traverse the miles and become a trespasser. Okay, let's talk about, because I'm, I'm, I'm obviously an advocate for the audience, so if I have a question and something perks up, I want to ask that for the audience as well. Can we talk sure. about the, the word psychic? Because, of course, and, and I say this with love because woo-woo has that kind of odd connotation to it and people hear mediumship or psychic. But can you describe your definition of psychic so the audience understands that clearly? Yeah, I don't talk about, I mean, I'm the least woo-woo person you can talk about. As I said, I'm an investigative reporter. Right. And one of the things that really kind of, I didn't expect this was going to work. And one of the things that really sort of just rocked my world was not only was I getting effects from these intention experiments, but they were affecting the participants too. So let me just put that in as the groundwork that I am a, 21st century doubting Thomas. By psychic, I mean just mental, just mental effects, not, you know, that we are psychic, that we can pick up things, although there's plenty of evidence we can. I'm very evidence-based. I want proof. That's why I ran the intention experiment. I love it. I love the proof. Proof is in the pudding, right? What about Absolutely. it? It is, and I love that too. But you know, it's so funny because when you work in the realm, funny or whatever word you want to throw in there, but if, when you work in that realm of energy, you do have to search out the evidence, right? Well, most people don't. They just kind of make it up, you oh, know, yeah, no. or they just you know rely on on you know hearsay and a lot of other stuff. And you know, my background as an investigative reporter is, in a sense, never left me. Um, So even though I'm doing a lot of writing about, you know, frontier areas of consciousness and this new science and, you know, many woo-woo areas, so to speak, Mm -hmm. there's very little woo-woo about me. I mean, I want evidence for stuff. And as I say, that's why I ran the intention experiments. I wanted to find out how far we could take this. And the joke was on me because (laughs) what I discovered was, Everything I thought I knew about the power of intention got turned on its head. Uh, let's talk about turning on its head because people are like, well, what do you mean turning on its head? You've, you've, you actually walked the talk and had the experience. Can you explain that just a little bit? Sure. I mean, I, it really started with my first workshop. Now, in 2008, and it's taken me a long time to write this whole book because I, I didn't believe what was going on. I... Um, I thought, right, I ought to start running workshops. That's what people in this area do. (laughs) But I hadn't ever run too many workshops before, being a reporter and journalist. And so I was trying to think, you know, I'd run a number of intention experiments, and they'd worked. So I was trying to figure out, well, how do I scale this down? I had talked to many and worked with a number of intention masters, so I'd put together a program of how you do intention. But I didn't know how to show that people could manifest something. How do you manifest? can't very well manifest a new car over a weekend. So I thought, well, I don't know. I'm sitting there talking to my husband one day, and I say, I don't know. We'll just put them in groups of eight, and we'll have somebody send a healing intention to somebody in the group, you know, have them all send a healing intention to somebody in the group with a health challenge. And my husband, who's a great headline writer, he's also a journalist, says, yeah, power of eight. I love that. You know, and that's really how we started. I I put people in groups of eight. Um, I told them to find someone in the group who needed some healing intention. They were all supposed to hold the same intention statement. 
I told them to hold hands. I told them to do a bunch of other things. I was basically making it up as I went along. I had no idea what I was doing, really. But I thought it was probably going to be a little bit like a nice meditation, you know, a feel-good exercise, like having a facial. (laughs) That's not what happened. No. The next day, everybody came back, and the people who had had the intention lined up, and I asked them to just explain about their experiences. And this is what they said. You know, there was a woman who had a headache every day of her life, terrible migraines. They were gone. There was another woman who suffered from severe IBS. She was feeling normal. There was another woman who had terrible, terrible arthritis, and her pain was completely gone. And, you know, on and on and on it went for an hour. And now I was really shocked by this because, and shocked and actually a little disturbed because I never put myself forward, and I still don't, as a healer. Um, You know, I'm not an Eric Pearl. Um, And I also thought this was going to detract from the big, important experiments that I was doing with these big, important scientists. So I kind of ignored it for a while. But I kept running workshops, and in every workshop I did, the same thing happened. And we had more and more remarkable stories. You know, we had a woman with MS, and she showed up the next day without her crutches. We had another woman who was really severe arthritis, you know, walking step by step, and she was walking normally the next day. A woman with scoliosis who wrote me to say, first of all, her pain was immediately, you know, dissipated, gone, right after her Power of Eight group. But also she wrote me a a month or so later to say that she had to change the rearview mirror in her car because her back was so much straighter. You know, and on and on, a woman with cataracts, 80% better, a woman who couldn't focus after a stroke, she focused normally afterwards. You know, it was just unbelievable healings like this. So I was really shocked by this, as I say, and it's taken me all this time to write about it, but also to understand it. I had to look at it, study it, dissect it, and test it, even scientifically test it to try to figure out what was going on. Well, thank you for going through the self-doubt process for us and bringing this to the table. And I get that. And, and I think a lot of the audience gets that, too. There's always that, that presence of self-doubt, but there's also the ticker saying, no, keep going, keep going, prove it, prove it. You know, something else I want to read here, something else. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to finish talking to Lynn McTaggart. Her latest book, The Power of Eight, Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others, Your Life and the World. Important stuff here, folks. We're going to be right back. Sue Lundquist, The Gratitude Cafe. Attracting the wrong things in your life? Blocked? In transition? Can't seem to get clear? Let Sue Lundquist, Intuitive Clarity Coach, guide you through to confidence and sustained positive change. This is achieved with easy, practical tools you can use in your everyday life. Call now for your personal one-on-one clarity coaching session with Sue to get back to who you really are, confident, purposeful, and positive. Call Sue at 206-300-2227. That's 206-300-2227. 
Alternative Talk 1150 is like no other radio station. Here we provide a platform for the exchange of great ideas and positive energy. Our radio shows vary greatly, but do share a common goal of bettering listeners' lives. Perhaps you're ready to join our family of radio show hosts. Learn how affordable and rewarding it can be to host your own radio show. Call me, Eric Cream, at 425-653-1150. That's 425-653-1150. And let's discuss your radio dream. Chances are, if you're listening to the Gratitude Cafe with Sue Lundquist, you already know what so many others know. This is a special show hosted by a special woman. If you own or manage a business, Gratitude Cafe is your chance to align your advertising message with the power of the positive. Best of all, the options are affordable, so you can stretch your advertising dollars to reach even more listeners. Learn more today at 206-300-2227. That's 206-300-2227. Following the herd is fine until they lead you off a cliff. Think for yourself. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Can we just keep saying that? Ah, oh, you are amazing just the way you are. Oh, welcome back. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. Thank you for playing that, Benny. Oh, I feel warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, I do. I think scary. I think I need uh-huh. some more warm and fuzzies. All right. Welcome back. Lynn McTaggart is joining us from across the pond. Thank you so much for joining us, Lynn. Her latest book, The Power of Eight. Again, harnessing the miraculous energies of a small group of healers. Your life and the world. Now, at the top of the hour, we were talking to Lynn, and she has taken quite a journey, a journey of a few years to look at this experiment, the power of eight. She started as workshop. She and her husband kind of joked a little bit, well, let's just start a workshop and see how we can get this intention, um, you know, healing people. Let's see. And, and I think from what I hear from the interview, the book and all of that, she had to prove to herself. I mean, her background is an investigative reporter. So that's huge. She had to prove to herself with the science, the investigation, the proof in watching and seeing all these people healing themselves just by thought alone. But there's even more to that. I'm, I'm going to bring Lynn back on because we're going to talk about the rebound effect. Um, and we've got some other experiments that she's doing as well, because the rebound effect talks about senders and the receivers. So Lynn, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though, because I, I, I experienced that when I do, you know, cause you, you talked about Eric Pearl, I've, I'm trained in a bunch of modalities, but I get that, you know, I get just as much out of it as the other. So I'm excited to hear what you have, have found out. Well, one of the things that was really strange occurred after one of my big experiments. As I mentioned, we did a lot of different kinds of experiments, and they're ongoing. And one of the things that we do are big peace intention experiments. So in 2008, I ran the first peace intention experiment to lower violence in uh, Sri Lanka, which was undergoing a civil war at the time. And, you know, it was really interesting. It looked like the very we, we did this intention, we ran it over eight days, proved pivotal in the outcome of that war. The government, which had been losing, won a few decisive battles that week, ended up taking back the North from the rebels, and a few months after that, that 
25-year war was over. You know, did we do this? Who knows? You know, because uh, many variables could be there, but it was very compelling. And these kinds of things happen every time we do a peace intention experiment. But that wasn't the interesting part of the story. The interesting part came when I surveyed the participants, and I found that they were having these amazing rebound effects. I mean, they were, their lives were becoming much more peaceful. They were making up with people that they'd argued with. Um, they, were, um, they were getting along better with all sorts of people. They had you know, made up with people they were estranged from. They were also in love with everybody that they were coming in contact with. They were hugging strangers. They were also healing. They had experienced, you know, as one person put it, I felt like I was wired to a higher network. Mm. And many other people were, were sobbing and talking about chills going up and down their body and feeling unbearable energy. And, you know, they were experiencing essentially an altered state during the experiment. And it had these huge impacts on them afterward, this huge rejuvenation. Um, when I looked up, what happens in altered states and mystical experiences, um, these guys had every single one of the qualities, uh, a feeling of incredible unity with the universe, a blinding epiphany of meaning, like suddenly everything makes sense, and also this rejuvenation, physical, mental, spiritual, relational rejuvenation. It was just extraordinary. And that started, I started noticing it was happening in the small power of eight groups, too, that it didn't matter whether you were a sender or a receiver. You ended up getting the benefit. And, in fact, when you got off of yourself and started intending for someone else, that's when a lot of people's lives started really working again for them. Oh, um, I love that. Selfless act, doing one for others, right? Well, but here's the funny thing of it. You know, we always think of that as a, a nice little feel-good thing to do. You know, isn't it great? I'm being a, a good guy and doing for the other, <laughs> you know. But what I found was that for some people it was really essential. Um, for instance, um, I, as I say, I, I didn't believe any of this. So <laughs> I put, I I'd invited people from my community to make up a, a year-long master class. Again, I was going to put this to the ultimate test. So I had these people join this. I taught them over seven weeks, and then I put them into groups of eight, and I studied them, you know, month by month, and looked at what happened to their careers, their health, their, you know, their relationships, their life's purpose, month by month by month. And lots of them were having amazing experiences. You know, they were getting over... 15 years worth of chronic fatigue, that was Patty. She, you know, could barely, barely exercise for five more than five minutes without having to collapse. She's now hiking um, wow. and, you know, and lifting weights. And then we had um, uh, Mitchell, who had lifelong depression, really awful. He's a clinical psychologist, but he's now over his, totally over his depression and, you know, just amazing. But we also had a few people who were stuck. And Andy, for instance, had recently got divorced. She really wanted some sort of new job. She had sold her gift shop, and she wanted a new career, a new start, and she wasn't finding any kind of steady income and was really getting freaked out about it. And nothing her group 
intended for her, because these guys met week after week after week. Nothing her group intended for her was working. So, and we even tried doing intentions on get, overcoming scarcity, all this stuff wasn't working. So I finally just said, Andy, get off of yourself. Stop <laughs> for yourself. Intend for someone else. So she did, and we had set up a little healing vigil for a 15-year-old boy named Luke who had um, thrown himself off of a 40-foot structure onto hard ground after breaking up with his first real girlfriend. I mean, crazy, you know, crazy act of adolescent angst. And he broke everything. He lived, but he broke everything in his body, his nerve damage, brain damage, everything. His father-in-law, his stepfather wrote to us to say, you know, this had gone on and could we do intention for him? Um, and so we did. We did three separate intentions for him. And the moment she started intending for Luke, Andy, out of the blue, gets a call with her dream job. Dream job. It was of absolutely amazing. <laughs> of course. Amazing. I love that. And, but of course, I, I love that. Lynn, that's awesome. I, well, and it happened over and over and over again. And by the way, of the people who continued meeting week by week by week, religiously, at the end of the year, virtually 100% of them had major life changes. You know, they overcame incredible intractable illnesses. They got dream jobs. They set up entrepreneurial, you know, um, uh, organizations. They set up, you know, new, new careers for themselves. They had new life's purpose. They made up relationships or had new ones or, you know, made up with a father, one woman who hadn't spoken with him for 30 years. You know, it was incredible, 100%. Um, so I was really amazed by that, but just as amazed by the fact that the people who were, it didn't matter whether they were the receivers or senders, they were getting amazing benefit. I mean, Wes, one guy, I just worked with a couple of months ago, he was a Vietnam vet. He was supposed to go to college, study science, and he got drafted. He got a low lottery number. He got drafted, was traumatized by the experience, uh, had depression, and his life just spiraled downward. He just didn't have a good life at all. Had one bright spot, meets the love of his life as a second wife, and she dies after a few years from cancer. I mean, just awful. He's left with terrible deaths. Awful. And he had got to the point of saying, what's the use? You know, what's the use? He was in a senior community, and he was kind of going, what's the use, mid-60s. And he does this intention circle, and he doesn't even put himself forward to be the intender, you know, the intendee. Um, And afterward, his life was transformed. First of all, he suddenly, he was barely able to make himself meals. He, He just felt, what's the use? And suddenly he's up with a lark. He's doing 90 minutes of power walking every day. He suddenly has rekindled a lot of his desire to write and to do a bunch of other things. And, you know, his life just suddenly starts working incredibly. And, you know, I've heard this over and over and over again. And it was like this, it's almost like he's been touched by something really, really profound. I agree 100%. Let's but let I've got a couple questions. I want to talk you had a psychologist at the University of Berkeley um that made his life's work talking about human beings and how they're hardwired. I would like to just address that as a little bit, but then also 
if we could, we're using the word intention, intending a lot. Can you describe what that means to the audience, just so we're really clear and all on the same page? Sure. The psychologist you're talking about is Dr. Dachner Keltner. Yes. And he does work on the biology of goodness. And he has discovered that um, when we do something, when we do something altruistic, it fires up a thing called the vagus nerve in our body, which is the longest nerve in the body, and it runs from the top of our, you know, from our neck, essentially, from the top of the spine, and works its way through all of the major organs of the body. And one of the things it does is it activates a lot of parts of the body involved with caring and concern. It helps to release oxytocin, which is kind of the love hormone that makes us, that, that gets released when, um, when, Mothers are caring for babies, say. But the other thing it does is it makes us much more tolerant of the other. Um, we, we are much more connected to people who are not like us. We feel more connected to them. And it also acts as a kind of virtuous circle in constantly refreshing and helping our immune system. So this is the thing. It's not just a kind of, oh, isn't that nice, a feel-good exercise. When we do pe- things for other people, and we intend for other people, it activates a whole system that is hugely beneficial for us. And you see that in the studies of altruism. It's really amazing. Altruism is like a, a bulletproof vest. You know, people who do any sort of thing for other people live longer, they're healthier, they're happier in every regard. It's incredible. And even studies of people getting prayed for um, by, you know, by others. Um, there was one great study of people with depression, um, and a psychologist wanted to see, you know, whether you could help that with prayer. So he got about 400 volunteers, all of whom had clinical depression, and he divided the group in two, and half were going to be the people prayed for, and the other half were the people who were going to do the praying. So they did that, and the people who got the prayer did well, but they were better and improved, but not as improved as the people who had done the praying. They were really, you know, they had really improved. And so the psychologist had to conclude that doing the praying is even better. Giving is better than receiving when it comes to your own health. Bring on the oxytocin and the vagus nerve. I want the good Absolutely. feeling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. It's ultimately selfish because it's the thing that really is great for us. Now, intention. Yes. I sort of talked about it earlier about it. You know, we think of it as a power thought. I think it's a very specific request to the universe. You know, when we do prayer, we oftentimes just say, you know, God, you decide. Thy will be done. You know, and I'll, I know you'll know what's best for me. But with intention, it's a little bit more like putting a very very specific request out. You know, please, I'd really like this. And I often find in all of the work that I've done that more, the more specific, the better. So if you want to heal this, you know, the second toe of your um, left leg, then tell the universe that's what you want. Yeah. Instead of, you know, anything nebulous. Right. You know, I always tell people never just intend for world peace. Be, be very know, specific. Tell the universe where you want peace, how much peace you want, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I think also, and, and Lynn, you can um, talk to this as well, uh, the space, the head space, the love space, the energy that your body is in when you are intending is just as important. If you're in a place of fear, in a place of um, anxiety, can you talk a little bit to that? Sure. Well, that's what makes the small groups so brilliant. This is why I found that this is such an incredible little method, because we've all been taught to intend alone. But there's some sort of power in a small group that is almost impossible to describe. When people get into a small group, something major changes when they're all intending together. They enter the same kind of altered state, and there's this feeling of just amazing unity consciousness that goes on. And I know this isn't just fantasy because we actually studied it. We actually tested it. I worked with Life University, the largest chiropractic university. They offered to study these power of eight groups with me and put their neuroscience, neuroscientists and psychology department at my disposal. And so we set up our first study, and we looked at a series of power of eight groups, and we put in a QEEG cap on, one of those things that measures brain waves. Mm -hmm. And we found that when, and we did it with just senders, we found that when they were in this group doing intention, major changes happened in the brain, having to do with their sense of separateness. You know, there was a global calming of the brain, of the parts that make us feel separate from everything else in the world. You know, the, the things that help us navigate through space, the parietal lobes, they were turned way down. And the parts of the brain, the frontal lobes involved with things like worry, doubt, negativity, they were turned way down too. And so what this was is a brain signature, brainwave signature of somebody experiencing unity consciousness. And they were virtually identical to the same brainwave signatures um, recorded by uh, scientists at the University of Pennsylvania when they were studying things like Sufi masters, people like Sufi masters and Buddhist monks in ecstatic prayer. They had identical brainwave signatures. But here's the weird difference. You know, with a Buddhist monk or a Sufi master, they have to spend years um, practicing this incredible discipline and they also need usually hours to prime themselves to get into that state. Our people at the study at Life University were all student volunteers. Most of them hadn't even meditated. They were all novices. They'd never done Power of Eight groups before. All they had was a 13-minute video for me telling them how to do it. And with that, with this little group experience, they were transported essentially into the miraculous. And... That's the thing that I think is most amazing about these small groups. They really suggest that you don't need years of disciplined studies to have a mystical experience or to have these major changes in your life, these enlightened changes in your life. You don't need, you know, ayahuasca. You don't need a sweat lodge. No, all you need is a group of any size. Although I can, not ayahuasca, but I can tell you I've had some pretty mystical experiences in my steam room. Although I have also, in that state of meditation, 
also experience that as well. So yes, to all of the above, but not not the drugs. You can get it from just a standard sense. Can we talk to um, the tools and teaching the audience making the eight um, a reality to them and how they can do that? Because you talk about that in the back of your book. And also I want to remind audience, what I love about what Lynn has done in her book, she, in the back of her book, she has recapped and given you the resources of where she's getting all of the data and the information. So if you're the nerdy kind of want to find out where all this information is coming from, I think that's her background as the investigative reporter. So she's proving where she's getting the information. I love that. So I can go and say, oh, I'm going to look at that. I want to look that up or, or educate myself even more. So Knowing that with her latest book, again, The Power of Eight, she's got all those resources in the back. But before we head out, we've got a few more minutes. Can we go through a couple of those steps or do you think we can um, wrap it up with all those steps? The Power of Eight. Sure, sure. We, um, it's really simple. I mean, there are a lot of techniques for becoming a master intender that I write about in the book um, that you can use. But The fundamentals for setting up a group of eight are just this. Get a group of seven other people. You can either get them in your book group or your church group or your office or your neighborhood or your friends. And if you can't meet in person, it works just as well virtually. All of my groups that I've studied, that that group I studied over a year, they all met virtually week by week on Skype or Google Hangouts. Most of them have never actually even met each other, even though they are now, they describe themselves as an intention family over and over again. So you can meet virtually, too. It works just as well. Um, Figure out somebody in the group, somebody nominate themselves as being the subject. And if they have a health challenge or some other challenge in their life, formulate an intention statement, make it very specific. Um... It's going to be, you're all going to hold that as you hold hands and you connect or you mentally connect and you hold that intention statement while imagining them healthy and well in every way or getting that dream job or whatever it is that they want. But make sure to make it very specific. That's that's the really important thing. You know, our intention is that Jane Doe um, be free of pain in her right hip and be healthy and well in every way. So you're focusing on exactly what the issue, frame it positively so she's free of all the pain in her right hip, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. And, you know, you hold it for about eight and ten, eight to ten minutes. That's the rudimentaries of it. There's loads of other things, and I go through those in my book, and um, we have much more information on my website, too. But that's the basic. That's the basics of it. I love it. I love it. So at the end of the book, guys, what she does, she gives you those tools. So you can get her book, Lynn McTaggart, uh, The Power of H. You can go to the website, Amazon, all of the wonderful um, sellers out there. Do you have any local events coming up that we can um, promote and talk about? Um, well, one event, now you are in um, Seattle. In Seattle. Well, one event that I may be coming to East West Bookshop in 2018 Uh, And speaking there, but one event I can tell you about right now is on November 9th, I am running a international Middle East intention experiment. And this is extremely cool because we've worked with, to do this, we've worked with an Israeli documentary maker 
and an Arab, somebody who is basically the Deepak Chopra of the Middle East, mm. uh, Dr. Salah al-Rashid. And they are bringing together, both of them, thousands of people, uh, Israelis and Arabs, to do an intention for peace in, in the Middle East. We're targeting a specific place. I won't tell you what it is yet. I don't want anybody thinking about it yet. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our Western audience as well. And we'll be broadcasting it. It's a single uh, event. It'll be broadcast at 10 a.m. Seattle time on November 9th. And you can find out more. We will be having the page up on my website um, within a day or two, and you can find out more and sign up if you want it. It'll be broadcast. We'll have simultaneous translations. It's going to be shown um, in Israel and, you know, shown in an outdoor uh, amphitheater. We'll have a, a few other people that will be part of it, too, that will be, you know, talking about it. But it should be a wonderful little event. So do sign up. Do find out more. Come to my website, lynnmctaggart.com. Well, you just gave my job away. Thank you. Yeah, com. If you guys are out there driving, uh, you know totally how to get a hold of me, com. All that will be in the newsletter, the Facebook page. Now, I notice you've also got some experiment um, audios and videos on your Facebook page. Is it just Lynn McTaggart on Facebook as well? Uh, Is it? I can't uh, remember. Sorry, what the, I don't understand. I'm sorry, the Facebook page. Oh, your Facebook. Lynn McTaggart 2011. Lynn McTaggart 2011 on 2011. Facebook. Okay, thank you. Lynn McTaggart 2011. Okay, because that's, that's really resourceful, too. And then also YouTube. There's YouTube videos of you as well. So, yes. yes. And we are running, I mean, on Facebook Live, we're doing a lot of intentions. We just did one last Sunday for Northern California. Yes, um, I saw that. So we're doing a lot of live intentions where people are joining in and... and getting involved, and we'll be live-streaming them regularly. I love that. So why not create a world that we're all intending specific health or love or betterness? I'm I'm making my own word up. But um, to create a a healthier environment for yourself and just raising the vibration of the whole planet, I think that's a win-win, don't you? Well, and I think what's, you know, the big purpose of the Israeli Arab peace intention experiment is, you know, I hope we'll lower violence there. But I ran something like this for the 10th anniversary of 9-11. I invited uh, this Deepak Chopra of the Middle East, Dr. Salah al-Rashid, to participate with me. Um, I was tired of those buildings coming down. And so I thought, let's do something different. So we did an intention experiment to lower violence in two southern provinces in Afghanistan. And we had thousands of his followers and thousands of mine all participating. And there were some really uh, intriguing results. looked like maybe we did do something in lowering violence. Certainly there was an unprecedented lowering of the violence in those areas. But the more interesting thing happened with the participants because they started Facebooking each other and they started saying things like this, the Americans and the Arabs, you know, your God is my God, yep. um, you know, apologizing, forgiving each other, and connecting and befriending each other. And that's really what we'd like, we'd like to have happen, too. That whole thing with the vagus nerve makes you more connecting and more connect, feel more connected to people not like you. So imagine if all the thousands of Israelis and Arabs start connecting, that could create its own 
its own groundswell of and ground up peace process. I love it. I love it. Setting your intention, folks. What what you focus on is what you create. I mean, as plain as we can make it. Seriously, what you focus on is what you create. So. Uh, you guys here in my curriculum, what I teach, I bring people like Lynn on this radio program to give you the tools. And um, Lynn has created this beautiful stage of that in her book. Uh, you have to find, you have one first, and Lynn, this is what I teach in, my, in all of my curriculum. You first have to have the awareness, the awareness that you have anxiety in, in your body, awareness that you are being treated or treating other people inappropriately, really taking a good look at yourself and the environment that you've placed yourself in. And then at that point, you can employ the tools. We've got a couple more minutes. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add before we head out? Well, I think people should just try it for themselves. I mean, I think what's so interesting about these small groups of eight is that they can heal so many parts of your life. I mean, the people that we looked at and we've worked with have healed so many things. I mean, I've had many, many amazing healing, physical healing stories, you know, everything from, you know, cancer. There was a woman just a couple of weeks ago who had, uh, I saw her again. I had worked with her over the summer in just a group. I and mean, she was just in a group of for eight minutes, and her cancer was stage four. And she said, now it's just two little dots, and her doctor doesn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just extraordinary things that happen, but also things that happen in other areas of people's lives like, you know, financial windfalls just when they need it Um, or, you know, dream jobs coming through. I had a a couple of people who've done best-selling books, um, you know, two of them never wrote before, and it was just everything fell into their lap, particularly when they started focusing on other people. So, you know, we've all talked about intention for a long time, people in our community, but what I have found is really important is the group effect. And it's a bit of altruism. It's about a group. It's about knowing that somebody else has your back. And the idea that a group of strangers, as usually they are in my workshop, are trying to heal you. There's something so powerful and transformational about that. And there's also the amplified effect of group intention. There's no question that goes on. So I really invite you to try this because I think what you'll find is that it's unlike normal meditation. It's unlike normal intention. There's Mm -hmm. really amazing, mystical, mysterious, and otherworldly about it. And it's so simple. It doesn't take years of technique. No. (laughs) It just takes a little group. Yes, and do it, page 239. What a wonderful, wonderful stage you presented for us, Miss Lynn McTaggart. Thank you so much for joining us on the Gratitude Cafe. Her latest book, The Power of Eight. All right, folks, I'm going to see you later. Until next time, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. 
Don't forget, every week is a new show, and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.